0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus.
1: Over 20 years ago, the Lord had a plan for this church to be started in the capital region of New Hampshire, where Jesus would be the center and the Holy Spirit would work through His people to transform our communities. Jesus has done an incredible work through us. Lives have been changed for all eternity. Hopelessness has turned into hope. Bondage has turned into freedom. Lost people have been found, introducing them to a family called Grace Capital Church. Just like a natural family where new babies are born and they grow up to start families of their own, this is true of the family at Grace Capital Church. We rejoice over the many spiritual births and we celebrate the new congregations that are continuing the mission of Jesus in their own communities. You see, the heart of God is that none should perish and his call on our church compels us to reach our communities and the world sharing his love. As we celebrate what Jesus has done, we realize that our best days are ahead of us and we must press on to God's pioneering call. Our purpose is to find the lost, to care for the least, and to disciple the found, for this is God's heart. New Hampshire is ripe for harvest, and God is preparing the way. He sees the multitudes of people who are waiting to hear the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a Jesus-centered church. He is the reason we live. He is the reason we breathe. He's our Savior our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, our healer and soon coming King. Today we celebrate what Jesus has done, but tomorrow we will continue the call that he has on Grace Capital Church to preach the gospel until all have heard, making disciples who will transform their families and their communities. is our founding pastor and his wife, Peter and Lisa Bonanno. Let's welcome them. So thank you so much for coming and celebrating this special day with us, and and I have a little gift for you. So in here, though, I'm not going to show you yet, but in here is, is a memento. Um, of, of something that took place when we uh, when we built this building. I'll be good. I'll be good. <laughs> well, let me show you what it is, and then I'll then I'll tell you why. These are the scissors that cut the ribbon of this building. says, Grace Capital Church, ribbon cutting, July 24th, 2004. Now I want you to have that for a second. I'm going to tell you why I'm giving that to you. Because even though a physical building doesn't represent anything more than bricks and mortar, and what it does, though, it represents the faith that you had. You see, without faith, it's impossible to do anything. And the faith that you had said yes to Jesus and the call that he had as a youth pastor driving by here in the Concord area and say, God's calling me to this Concord area. And he started loving people and he started loving a place. And then he said, well, we got to contain, at least have a building for everybody. And so so what that happened, that, that scissors represent, ribbon cutting of what was taking place was a home for people to find Jesus. So I give you that gift, but I want to let you know that what you had started through Jesus Christ, and we do know we give all glory to Jesus, right? We're, we're imperfect people trying to follow this Jesus who loves us, who has called us. And we try to love these people into the kingdom and love them to understand the, well, the purpose that God has for them and, and what you had allowed Jesus to do, you and Lisa, has has then culminated into a new season and and a new time that that it's not time to say 20 years celebration, okay, we can coast. As I said, the best days are ahead of us. And there's so many more people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, but without somebody saying yes, to allow the seed of faith to grow inside of you, to allow this to be here 20 years later, is a real celebration to Jesus' faithfulness, but people respond to the call. So I'm just going to charge the congregation, and then we're going to turn this over. Lisa's going to share a few words. Congregation, this is what can take place when you allow the dream that God's put inside of your heart to culminate and to, to begin to grow That when you have faith to realize that Jesus has a purpose and a plan. And by the way, many times he does it in a body situation, in a family. And so he is, if Grace Capital Church is your family. And by the way, there are many churches here who were birthed out of this church. And you're the extended family. That it is not a time to say, oh, the dream that I once had. It is a time to say the dream that God has placed in me is time to move forward with that dream. And then we keep our eyes on Jesus. I love those songs that we sang this morning. We keep our eyes on Jesus and realize this is about him and his kingdom. So let's welcome them again. And then, then Lisa, you're going to share uh, with, with us for a few moments?
2: Yeah, sure. Wow, thank you, Mark. That's, this just makes me so happy. I mean, honestly, to see all of you. Obviously, we know this is about Jesus, but... He uses people. He uses each of us. He uses not just us, but he uses each of you. You are, you are his answer to the hope of the world. And so it's just great to be with you. You bring us so much joy. And I just want to echo the words of Paul in Colossians. This is kind of Lisa's paraphrased version, um, which when he says that my prayers for you spill over into Thanksgiving, and I can't help but thank God for you because you mean so much to us. And the lines of purpose in your life continually grow tight because you're grounded in Him and anchored in Jesus. And we keep hearing reports of the love that you have for others and your steady faith. And that just brings us so much joy. And more than anything else, we just haven't stopped praying for you. From the moment this church was started, our prayers were always, Lord, just bless these people. Give them clear minds to hear your heart to follow after you, that they would have a full understanding of the way you work in the past, now, and in the future. You guys, we love you. We love you. You're an awesome group of people. You're beautiful. I don't know what you're taking right now, but some kind of vitamin or pill because you have not changed. You look great. And it's just so great to be with you. God bless you. Love you.
0: One thing that hasn't changed is I still don't know how to use the microphone well. I didn't know if I was on or off, but wow, what an honor to be with you guys. It's been a few years since we've been here, and uh, what Lisa said is so true. We are hearing incredible reports of what God is doing in this whole region and this church is such a part of it Um, it's a blessing and an honor to be able to share with you on this anniversary day I'd like to just start with a verse that the Lord has been burning on my heart that I believe is something that each of us can all agree on it doesn't matter where you're from what you've done where you've been where you are today it's from Psalm 100 verse 5 for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Wouldn't you agree with that? The Lord is good. That's about his nature. He is a good God. His steadfast love endures forever. He's always pouring out love and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the God that we serve. It was 22 years ago when, uh, actually 22 years ago next week, believe it or not, that we drove in with a U-Haul, a couple of U-Hauls because... The one that they were supposed to have for us, they didn't have. So we got two smaller U-Hauls, three kids, including one little girl that was six weeks old. And we drove into this region, the capital region, because God called us to say yes to something that was on his heart for all of eternity. And that is to build a church where people would love Jesus, would reach others, would be a blessing as they are blessed and would pour out grace. And that's really what it's all about. So when we came out here, we just said, Lord, we thought you were gonna send us to a place that was warmer. We thought you were gonna send us to a place where people were all saying, let's break down the doors and go to church. But it was a hard place and people warned us about that and yet we knew that God said this is what I've called you to do. And so in your lives, whatever God's called you to do that may be as hard as anyone says, if God calls you to do it, the answer to your heart should always be, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And so now the church has grown. And God has done incredible things, given birth to other churches, sent out missionaries, launched pastors and leaders. This church has been instrumental in seeing hundreds, if not thousands, come to know him, people's lives set free, people understanding the power of the Holy Spirit in new ways and experiencing his presence in their life. The Lord has used Grace Capital Church to break hard ground, to plant seeds of faith, to partner with others in the kingdom work that he is doing here and now. But beyond a place, and this is a wonderful place, I was visiting with a friend and we were talking about how this used to, I don't know if you knew this, but this land right here, this land here used to be a dump Literally, it was used for a dump, and God was so gracious to open our eyes to see what it could be, and we were able to buy it at an auction for a crazy amount of money that brought us all to tears. But as wonderful as a place is, beyond the numbers and the statistics and all of those things, this church has always been about people, people connecting with Jesus, people that are being built in their faith, people becoming leaders, families being healed, and all of that points us to the only one that can do that, and that's Jesus. He's the only one. Now, when we think about history and we think about all these years and you know it's not that long when you think about how many years but it's it's enough to have a little bit of a history and I have to be honest with you I'm not a history buff some of you like love history my greatest history lesson came to me about a year ago when I was at the gym on the on the treadmill listening to the soundtrack of Hamilton. That's the place I learned my history. (laughs) Because I was not a history buff in school. And and, and the crazy thing is, is I lived in New England, you know, for 28 years altogether. And this is like the cradle of American history, right? This is where it all started. And now we live in Maryland, you know, which is right on the Mason-Dixon line where the Civil War took place. But... I've never really been that much into history and yet I think about how history is so important for the future without history we don't have a future in fact so today on your anniversary I want to share a word that the Lord has given to me having to do with the past but not just the past but with the present and with the future because as we say all across our four square churches and Lisa and I are blessed to be serving in in a role as a supervisor and travel to a lot of four square churches and we all have this one theme scripture from Hebrews and it's this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And isn't that what we sang about when we were worshiping? We were singing about what Jesus did but we don't just stay there He did it for us today and for all generations. So today I want to talk about how we need to remember history to make history. Remember history to make history. I want you to think for a moment about your personal history. Think about where you were when, as somebody shared with me this morning, Jesus found them. Think about where you were and what you were doing and the things that were kind of pressing against you and, and think about even where you would be today. All of us have those like, I can't believe I'm here today moments. Some of you, many of you know my background. My parents both being drug addicts, not being raised in the church, not really having any kind of background. My mom's side being Jewish but not practicing in their faith. My dad's side being Catholic and Italian and not practicing in their faith. And somehow God brought people into my family's life, into my life. And and I really do believe that I would not be, be, I don't know if I'd be alive today if it wasn't for Jesus we all have those moments I can't believe that I'm here today so we need to be grateful for what God has done in our life but that wasn't the only time God did something great in my life or in your life he continues to be a God who wants to be in the now That's why we are a church, you are a church, we are a people that believes in the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, working here and now, in and through us. So it's not just what God did, but the new miracles, the new ways God is changing us. Aren't you glad that God continues to change us? Lisa and I could probably testify to you that over the last four years, there has been a lot of work that God has done In me, she will tell you. (laughs) The deep stuff that he has done, because so much of what I did for so many years was tied to being a local church pastor, and with that comes not just calling, we know about calling, but there's also this weird thing called identity that creeps in there. And so I'm grateful that God is continuing to do what he wants to do in me. So think about what God has done for you. Has he delivered you from an addiction? has he healed you of a disease has he brought your marriage back together has he called you equipped you to do something that you thought was impossible has he restored your hope has he led you through a difficult season freed you from being an angry person maybe or a selfish person those are all great things to say thank god his love endures forever Remember history to make history. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezra, chapter three. And this is a real interesting passage of scripture because there's a passage about the children of Israel, God's people, knowing his favor, but here they are in a kind of this in-between state. They're at a place where they are rebuilding God's temple and in God's temple, it was kind of symbolic of his presence. That's where his presence dwelt. And for a long period of time, 60, 70 years or so, they had no temple because the former temple had been destroyed. Solomon's temple, which was in the most incredible, grandest um, uh, picture in their mind. I mean, all that they could imagine, all that they put into it, all God did to make that temple possible. And here they are in Ezra 3, verse 10 through 13. And at this moment, they are standing on the foundation of a new temple that is being built. It says, and when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the direction of K- David, king of Israel. So remember, they're remembering now. This is what David had done. And listen to what they sang. They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. And this was it from Psalm 100 verse 5. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. None of them doubted that. They all believed it. They sang it. They knew it. They, They could rehearse it again and again, this song. But then something else happened. It says... And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They were happy that they had arrived at this place and it was a good place. But many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first house, they wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy. So there's these two groups of people. Some remember what it was like and they're looking back, they're sentimental, they're emotional. They realize this is not going to compare to what we had in their minds. That's what they thought. And they wept. And others shouted for joy so that the people could not distinguish between the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. This is a great story. Something great is happening here. The rebuilding of the temple. But we've got to remember this first temple that was built back in the 10th century. It was meant to be a place where God's presence would dwell, and here they are experiencing almost getting there again. But in this narrative, we see something that's also troubling we see different sentiments different memories thoughts emotions although everyone agreed that god was good not everyone felt the same way emotionally and, and and by the way god didn't say one emotion was bad and another was good the younger generation i love them the sons and the brothers they shouted for joy now these were those who had never seen the past temple they probably heard a lot about it but they were excited they 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 understood the work that was involved. They had gone through the exodus. They saw the beauty of God's grace coming through in miraculous ways. They were excited. This was unbelievable. This was something worth shouting about. These were the people that believed the best is yet to come. And these are good good people. And then the older generation. They wept with loud voices. They were, some of these people were actually there because it was about 60 years, 70 years. And and in their mind, they couldn't consider how it was going to compare. The older generation, if they're not careful, if memories and history is good, but if we're not careful with that, you could limit yourself by remembering just what used to be. Or even longing for what was. Isn't it interesting how we can do that in our minds? We can go back to the past and we can glamorize it. I mean, I, 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 see, I see all these little kids here. One of our staff just had a little baby. I love seeing little kids and babies and thinking about what it was like when my kids were little and they were babies and, oh, they were so much easier. Oh, yeah. Except for the Diapers. Except for the throw-up in the car. Except for the car seats themselves. <laughs> Except for, I mean, there was a lot that selective memory we forget. And long for the good old days. And I think that that was happening in a sense here with the older priests. The others saw the progress of what was to come. They looked ahead to what was to come, although they didn't know what it was like before. They praised the Lord with shouts of joy. Hey, I love new people when they come to the church and they have no clue what church is like. Pastor Mark, you know what I'm talking about? They don't come in and say, well, at my former church, hmm, our women's ministry did this. Or when, when they come in and, you know, as everything is like, God is real. I didn't realize that it could be like this. It's like they're bright-eyed with wonder, and they're excited, and anything you tell them, it's like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll serve. We'll, you know, it's, it's, that, that is a wonderful thing to have people that are like these young ones. This new day, this new way, and yet at the same time, it's hard sometimes for those same people to appreciate the present and the future when they have no idea what the past was like. Some of you remember the days when this church didn't have a building. We had a bread truck with speakers in it and a heater that we somehow plugged in to a telephone pole on this lot to keep <laughs> stuff warm. And then we shipped it over to a school and set up and break down. And some of you remember those days and you remember them and you're not like, oh, I hate those days. You're, you're like, Those were exciting days. See, that was a foundation for some. Just like today and this is a foundation for others. The truth is, is that our testimony, what God has done, isn't, we're not just meant to live on our testimony, but to allow that to thrust us forward into what God wants to do. It's something that prepares us for what is ahead. No wonder why the children of Israel, they set up altars to remember. That's what the Bible says, that they actually, when they passed through the Jordan River one time, God says, pull out some stones, let's set them up, let's create an altar here. And they were like, well, why do we do this? And listen to what it says in scripture. It says, you want to set this up, Joshua says, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the river was cut off When we cross the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You see that's tell them about the testimony. Point them to the Lord. Look what God has done. You see altars represent those places where we have had a personal encounter with God. So when we think about history it's like what God did. Not just the Old Testament altars, by the way, but Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18, recall the prophecies that were once made about you so you can fight the battle well. You see, there's something about remembering the past, your testimony that enables you to have faith to fight the battle well in the future. It's not just fan it, fan it into flame so you can sit around the campfire and talk about it. It's fan it into flame because... There is a present and there is a future that God is going to do. In fact, Scripture says that you overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Not just what he did, what he's doing and what he will do. And then Jesus himself says this. On the very night he was betrayed, sat with his disciples, broke bread, served wine to them. And he says, what you see is what I will be doing. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to break, my body's going to be broken for you for forgiveness of sins, for healing, for your wholeness. And then he says, do this in remembrance of me. Now, I don't know about you, but lately when I've been taking communion like that, I think what it means is not just picture Jesus on the cross dying for me. But that every moment in my life when he does a transformative work, it's always because of the cross. Every time he changes me, every time he convicts me of something, every time he leads me somewhere, every time he speaks to me through his word, it's because of the cross that made the way for me to have fellowship with with the Father, for you to know him. The history of the cross is to be practically and daily apply to your life do this in remembrance of me remember history to make history but it's not only in remembering sometimes it's if we're not careful we'll fail to remember there's a lot of scriptures about that people that we read and say wow didn't they see what god did and now they're doing this how does that happen there's one situation in about a king named joash who was a good king but toward the end of his life he forgot what god did and as a result he ended up missing out on more that god had for him so i believe this that when you forget history if you're not careful you can forfeit your future for don't forget what god has done for you individually church don't forget what god has done Not because it's like, oh, I want to go back there and live there. But because he has a future that's tied to the same faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. There's lessons for all of us to learn here. God never tells us to go back and try to live in the past. But he reminds us of it to reveal even more ahead. And just as it's important not to get comfortable to move into the past it's also important not to just move on from the past. You see, it almost sounds like a contradiction. What are you saying here, Peter? It's like you're saying, you know, to remember the past, but don't hang on to it and don't move too quickly into the future. What's going on here? Well, here's a perfect example. Our daughter graduated from college a few months ago and we went out to graduation. And it happened to be that Lisa and I also attended that same school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In fact, that's where we had our first date at Pizza Hut if you want to know (laughs) and and I was there on the campus and I'd been there a few times before but this was special because this was our youngest graduating and I looked around and I started to reminisce oh man it was I remember one time in a chapel service there was a speaker and he talked about forgiving your father and I I had issues with my dad and I remember such a healing moment and calling my dad after and it happened there I remember walking to another area and this was the group of guys we all lived on that same floor and we having those good memories and all of those things were good those were good times but they weren't the only times that God did great things and I can't live there I can't go back to college I can't I can rejoice I can remember I can tell the stories but I can't just hold on and want to go back but there is something valuable about going back do you notice how many people these days are on ancestry.com they want to know who they are they want to know who their relatives are who their families are where they come from why is that because deep inside and the longing in all of us is to want to understand that there's something significant back there but not to live back there but to cause us to be freely who God has called us to be remember history to make history so you're 20-ish years old (laughs) that's young how many of you would love to be 20-ish again come on I mean, the world's in front of you, the strength of your youth, the possibilities. I mean, I was thinking for me, that was the 80s, man. That was like Lionel Richie, parachute pants, <laughs> full head of hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's young. And in New England, 20? I mean, that's, that's a baby. You know, you've got streetlights that are hundreds and hundreds of years older you've got houses that are you know forever older than that this is 20ish that's just getting started so God's pouring in a new wine the wine of his new work and the Bible says a new wine needs a new wineskin that doesn't mean the old wineskin is ah who needs it no look what God did Look what he's doing. Let's believe for what he will do. I want to challenge each of you in your personal life. Don't settle for where you've been, don't just rehearse your past miracles. Enter into the new miracles he has for you, personally and as a church. Four months from now, Lisa and I will be celebrating our 30th anniversary. That is a miracle. So, but we're not just like celebrating it by looking at old love letters. We're writing new ones. They're on text this time. (laughs) We're not just pulling out the old photo book and looking at baby pictures. We're not making any more babies, but we're taking new pictures. we're not just letting our bodies get worn out our conversations become boring our nights aren't just on the recliner watching Fox News I know that's what old people do (laughs) no it's something about look what God did look what God's doing look what he's yet to do we're making new memories engaging in new ventures together seeing God in a brand new way and when I look at her today you know what I say This girl is on fire. (laughs) But I want to say that about this church too. Right? What God's doing. Why? Because as a church, honor the past. But don't let it set your boundaries. Build upon it. History will transport us back. It will remind us of what God did. But it's the testimony that also thrusts us forward. Remember history to make history. Back to the scripture. I think the scripture is significant for a lot of reasons. But the thing that stands out to me the most is there's no place in there where it says those old priests, they, they, they just were wrong. Or those young people, the younger ones, they were just wrong. I think God showed us in that picture as they stood on that foundation this beautiful picture of the old, the present, and the future. The past, the present, and the future. And these folks working together, collaborating together to believe one thing and one thing only that God is good and his love endures forever. He is good and his love endures forever, Grace Capital Church. And he will continue to do the work As somebody said that he started Remember history To make history Remember history To make history Do you see it? Do you believe it church? Don't, don't we believe that together? Could we do something? I want you to stand as if you're standing on a foundation Right now we're going to pray We're going we're to believe that grace capital church that our lives personally that every church represented here every church that was birthed from here that we have a history yes but we are also going to make history by God's grace by continuing to say yes to, to him because he uses churches he uses people so father we stand together and there's a, a mixture here which is beautiful that's what you want Lord God you want those who remember and those who are looking ahead and those who are here in the present and together we can stand on this foundation and we can rise and shout for joy. We can weep because God's grace has brought us through and we can see with the eyes of faith for what you're bringing, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love what you've done over these years, but we really do believe that the best is yet to come because you are a good God And there are a lot more people that need to know that. And so, Lord, as we stand, I pray for each person here. I pray for this church. I pray for this community. Pray for the leaders, the pastors, that, God, you will continue to give them eyes of faith to believe a God of faithfulness. Give us eyes of faith to believe a God of faithfulness that we would remember history and make history for your glory alone Lord Jesus for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever to all generations we thank you for this and we celebrate this day and what you've done what you are doing and what you're yet to do in Jesus name amen amen God bless you